today. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Lord, we thank you for the rain this morning. We thank you over this last week that the rain is pouring down. It's soaking our land, Lord Jesus. We thank you for prayers that have been prayed and prayers that are being answered, Lord God. We thank you this morning for the refreshing and revitalization, Lord Jesus, that this rain is bringing. And this morning we pray, Lord, as we share about the future, Lord Jesus, and the vision for City Church, Lord Jesus, I pray this year that you would rain down on us, Lord God. Bring revival in this place, I pray. Renewal, new life, Lord Jesus. We thank you, Lord God, for the influence of the Holy Spirit that's going to change and transform lives, Lord God. We thank you for this morning, Lord God, for the influence that's going to go out into our community, Lord Jesus. We thank you that this is a year, Lord Jesus, that you've set apart as a significant year corporately and a significant year individually. And Holy Spirit, we ask you to come and bring your breath and just do something magnificent in our lives and in this church. And we thank you for it in the mighty name of Jesus. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. You may be seated this morning. Welcome to City Church. It's so great to see so many people that have come out in this pouring rain to be at church on Sunday, to see this as a priority, as a moment in time that is significant for our life as a church, but also for your life personally. And I really believe this year is going to be a powerful year in a number of different ways. And I'm so excited about the future. And so welcome to Vision Sunday. Vision Sunday 2020, 2020 vision. It's excited to be, I'm excited for us to be together to be able to share this. And I just want to explain this morning why vision? Why do we have Vision Sunday? Why do we gather together to share the banner over the year and what the word is for the year and what we believe is the prophetic proclamation over our year? It says so clearly in Proverbs chapter 29, verse 18. It says this in the English Standard Version. It says, Where there is no prophetic vision, the people cast off restraint. But blessed is he who keeps the law. I love it in the Amplified Version. It says, Where there is no vision, no revelation of God and his word, the people are unrestrained. But happy and blessed is he who keeps the law of God. And I love this in the Passion Translation. It says, Where there is no clear prophetic vision, people quickly wander astray. But when you follow the revelation of the word, Heaven's bliss fills your soul. I love the wording of that. Heaven's bliss fills your soul. See, what I believe about Vision Sunday is it's not just about a corporate vision where we come to church and that's just the vision for us collectively, but there is an individual vision that every one of us can outwork. It's not just the excitement of us gathering together here, but it's the, actually the excitement of the spreading out. As each one of us go and, and goes into our workplaces and schools, wherever we're called to be, and we allow this vision to be worked out. See, a prophetic word requires prophetic work. And when we understand that, that it's not just about the word that we receive, but it's coming on us and working through us, it's powerful. It makes impact. It has change. 
in our communities. See, vision brings focus, it brings unity, and it brings purpose to our lives. I love in Psalm 143 verse 10, it says, Teach me to do your will, for you are my God. May your gracious spirit lead me forward on a firm footing. And that's what I believe for every person that's in this building this morning, that's maybe watching on the stream this morning. I'm believing that this year would be a year where you are on firm footing. That although there may be obstacles and challenges and things that may happen to you throughout this year, that you would feel that the Holy Spirit has you on a firm footing leading into this year. I love in Psalm 119, verse 105, it says these words, Your word is a lamp to guide my feet and a light for my path. Let me say that one more time. Your word is a lamp to guide my feet and a light for my path. See, when I look at this passage, I see three things. Firstly, that revelation, God's word, it leads to illumination. Isn't it powerful when you're reading Scripture and as you're reading Scripture, it starts to read you. And you're reading it and you think you're just reading something that you maybe would do just as a a mundane task each day. But all of a sudden, something jumps out of the page and it's a word for you. It's a now word. It's a revelation word in your life. And it's powerful because it illuminates. It lights your way. It lights up in front of you. I love in Ephesians 1 verse 18, it says, I pray that the light of God will illuminate the eyes of your imagination, flooding you with light until you experience the full revelation of the hope of his calling. That is the wealth of God's glorious inheritances that we find, that he finds in us, his holy ones. Revelation illuminates. It lights things up. It reminds us. It speaks to us about our future. It brings about revelation that expands our life and causes us to see bigger. That's what vision does. It helps us to be able to lift our eyes higher. That perhaps we just saw just what's in front of us right now, but we start to look further and say, you know what? Imagine what God could do over this next decade. A decade of harvest, I prophesy, over City Church. A decade where we will see souls and healings and we will see people time and time again coming and flooding into the house of God. We will see this as a house of salvation. A place where people's lives are transformed, where we go out into our community and the community knows City Church is awake and alive. Jesus is working in and through our lives. Secondly, when I look at this verse, I see that revelation leads to motivation. It says, your word is a lamp, illumination, and it says, to guide my feet. What happens when we get revelation? What happens when we get vision that our feet start to move? There's a motivation to look forward into the future. It's just like any planning that you would do at home. When you start to plan a budget, when you start to plan for a holiday, when you start to plan for some spectacular thing that you're looking forward to, there is a motivation factor to that. Although there may be sacrifice along the way, although there may be savings and things that you need to do, maybe you need to cut back here or cut back there, there's a sense that there is an excitement that you are moving towards your destiny that you're moving with motivation in your feet. And that's the same when it comes to the word God has for us this morning. Your word is a light to guide my feet. There's a motivation that starts to happen when we see the vision of God in our lives. And thirdly, it says uh, so clearly, your word is a lamp to guide my feet and a light for my path. 
Revelation leads to your destination. When you understand that as you start to step out in, in doing what God's called you to do, that it's leading you towards where you're meant to be. And God has a whole bunch of different destinations lined up for you. It's not just the one destination, but what has God got for you this year? What has God already set up? What are some God coincidences that God is already crafting together so that you could bring impact and change in the lives of others? The Bible clearly says God has prepared good works that we would walk in them. So there's things that God has already set up for your life. There's breakthrough moments. There's miraculous moments. There's coming together moments. There's moments where lives get impacted eternally that God has already set up for you. Are you ready to receive it? Are you ready to walk into it this morning? Are you ready for what God has already destined to happen? So we are on the cusp and the start of this incredible new year. We are setting the sails of the new for the new opportunities and the vision ahead for what God has for us. 2019 was a year that we called Arise. And we spoke the word Isaiah 60 over the church, which was a prophetic proclamation from the Old Testament echoing to the New Testament, talking about the New Testament church. That the church of Jesus Christ would arise. That the light of God is shining upon us and that we are called to arise as His people. And we spoke about that and we spoke about that and we spoke about that time and time again in 2019. We declared it over our lives. And in so many ways, we saw that happen. We saw salvations. We saw new people come in. We saw sons and daughters coming home. We've seen financially our church has been blessed abundantly in every single way. We have seen our church arise. And all glory to Jesus Christ for what has happened in 2019. But it's just the start. I got this picture over 2020. And I saw this, this boat this sailing boat that the, the mast had arisen. And then it was going out onto the seas and the wind of the Holy Spirit was going to propel that boat into its destiny. And I thought about the idea that boats aren't just meant to be in just safe harbors. Boats aren't just meant to be sitting there in the harbor looking beautiful. Boats are created to have momentum. Boats are created to go into their destiny and to sail the seas. And I believe over City Church that the conditions are right, that we have arisen over 2019. The mast has been erected and we are ready for the winds of the Holy Spirit to see influence in 2020. And the word for 2020 is influence. And I'm believing that over every dimension of your life. I want you to look to the screens. Here is a video of a, a recap of the Sydney to the Harbour promotion for the Sydney to Harbour in 2019, 2020. And then I want to speak of it this morning. Why don't you have a look at some of these beautiful sailing boats. Going down the coast, it, it becomes another race again.
Once you stop trimming the sails and have a look at the coastline, it's definitely beautiful coming down Bondi, Coogee Beach, and, and just seeing all of the other boats and turning around looking back. The best part of it was seeing everybody's spinnaker up and all the beautiful sails behind you. I think you get out of it a sense of achievement. There's, I call them woohoo moments when you're out there and you're you know, surfing along at 15, 20 knots and there's you know, dolphins and you know, the beauty of the ocean. It's an emotional thing, I think you get addicted to it. There's not a lot of things that you can do as adults with your parents and really enjoy the time that you spend together and sailing sort of levels the playing field. We all learn off each other, we all work in all areas of the boat, so we develop our skills together, which is really nice. I think the Sabina Hobart really offers you the ability to challenge your boat, challenge your crew, see how far you can push yourself, and at the end of it all, a very, very good time in the world. I love those images when you see those sailing boats all out together as they're heading out of the harbour onto the high seas and you can see every one of them with their mast up and just the wind that is propelling them forward. And that's the picture that I have, that it isn't just a, a corporate vision, but every single life, every family has got that mast up and is ready for what the Holy Spirit wants to do in and through you. And the word influence is a word where I can see two dimensions from it. God's influence on us and then God's influence through us. When we understand the Holy Spirit's working on us, He's working in our lives, He's doing something significant to bring change and transformation. He's doing things in you. And then it's flowing through you into the influence that's coming out in towards our community, into your family, into your workplace, wherever you would find yourself, the influence is starting to flow. I love in that video, you see a few things that they talk about. They said, just to see everybody sail up and the beauty of that. When you think about, look at the person that's sitting next to you and the people that are around you. Wouldn't it be beautiful in 2020 if you just see their life just flourish in every way? Your sails up and the momentum of the Holy Spirit is propelling you in a way that's not natural anymore. It's supernatural. Where you're seeing your life flourish in a way where it's just way beyond what you could orchestrate by a man creation. But the Holy Spirit would do something significant in our communities. I love another person on that commentary there said, there's a whole bunch of woohoo moments where I just take in the beautiful moments. And I'm believing for that this year, that you would just look back and see, Holy Spirit, I cannot believe what you've done in my life. I cannot believe what you've done in the lives around me this year. I, it wasn't forced. It wasn't created by me. It wasn't because of all of my hard works but it was just the winds of the Holy Spirit. See, when you see a sailing boat, there's just a rhythm. There's just an ease to how it just flows. Where the winds of the Holy Spirit come and just, they just guides it into its destiny. And I'm believing for that over every life in 2020. And I love what it says here. They started to talk about working together for a common cause on the boat. That every one of us are working together in unity as we have a vision that unifies us, that we are all playing our part. Every one of us are playing our part to be able to see this beautiful thing take place. The winds of the Holy Spirit, God's Spirit is on you 
and it's working through you. And so I want to read to you the passage of Scripture that I want to speak as the banner over our year this year, and it's Isaiah chapter 61. And so why don't you come with me there in your Bibles, Isaiah 61. Last year was Isaiah 60, we talked about Arise, and it flows on to this, and we want to speak it over this year. And uh, so beautifully articulated in that song that was written by Tim and Mikey that we sang this morning. It says this in Isaiah 61, The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is on me, because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom to the captives and release from darkness for the prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And that's not just talking about a year, that's talking about a season, a season of God's favor and God's grace. It's the season that we live in today, the New Testament season where we have received the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God to comfort all who mourn and provide for those who grieve in Zion, to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of joy instead of mourning, and a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. I believe this is going to be a year of exchange. People that have struggled with anxiety, fear, doubt, that this is a year to be able to exchange that for God's peace, God's joy to come into your life. This is a year for for you to see God's influence in your life where you lay things down and you pick up what God has called and promised over your life. It says this, they will be called, listen to it, they will be called oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord for the display of his splendor. Imagine if our lives were for the display of God's splendor. The people looked at us and it pointed them towards Jesus. The people looked at City Church over this year and it pointed them towards praising Jesus Christ. It says, they will rebuild the ancient ruins and restore the places long devastated. They will renew the ruined cities that have been devastated for generations. Strangers will shepherd your flocks. Foreigners will work your fields and vineyards. And you will be called priests of the Lord. You will be named ministers of our God. Every one of us are ministers. Every member is a minister. We are all called with the ministry of reconciliation. It says you will feed on the wealth of nations and in their riches you will boast. Instead of shame, you will receive a double portion and instead of disgrace, you will rejoice in your inheritance. And so you will inherit a double portion in your land and everlasting joy will be yours. For I, the Lord, love justice. I hate robbery and wrongdoing. In my faithfulness, I will reward my people and make an everlasting covenant with them. Their descendants will be known among the nations and their offspring among the peoples. All who see them will acknowledge that they are a people the Lord has blessed. I delight greatly in the Lord. My soul rejoices in my God, for he has clothed me with garments of salvation and arrayed me in a robe of his righteousness as a bridegroom adorns his head like a priest and as a bride adorns herself with jewels. For as the soil makes the, as the, soil makes the sprout come up, 
and a garden causes seeds to grow, so the sovereign Lord will make righteousness and praise spring up before all nations. I believe that over our church. I believe that's a prophetic word for our church as we go into this next decade. God wants to do something significant and powerful. Over these next three weeks, we're going to be unpacking that and looking at different ways that applies to us and unpacking this passage. But this morning, I want to concentrate on verse 1 and 2. It says, The Spirit of the Lord is on me because... In other words, the Spirit of the Lord is on me, influencing me, because I'm called to be an influencer. He has anointed me for influence. See, anointing always is coupled with assignment. Just like pie and tomato sauce go together, a meat pie and tomato sauce must always go together. It's the same with our anointing and our assignment. God has equipped you. He's empowered you. He's given you everything you need to do the assignment that is in front of you. There will never be a moment where God hasn't given you all that you need to be able to accomplish what he's called you to do. Because he always provides, he gives provision for the vision. His anointing is for assignment. God has anointed you for assignment. So I want to speak about these two areas this morning, two areas of influence I'm believing for your life this year. And the first one, number one, is God's influence on you. The spirit of the sovereign Lord is on me because he has anointed me. You are anointed for influence. We had our anointing service last week and it was a symbolism, a recognition over this year that you have been set apart. You have been empowered. You have been gifted specifically to do what God has called you to do this year. We pray for God's protection, God's peace, God's favor, God's comfort over your life, that this year would be a year where you flourish in every single way. And we're believing that as an extension of that, that your life would have incredible influence from the Holy Spirit in you. That God would shape you and transform you. He would do something on the inside of you that brings change. 1 John 2 verse 20 says this, but you have an anointing from the Holy One. You've been set apart, specially gifted and prepared by the Holy Spirit. You are anointed to serve the King. A few weeks ago, we came outside and we'd had our, we had our pram that was outside under our undercover area. And as we came outside, I, I looked and I saw a few bees on the top of the cover. And so I thought there was just a few bees there. And so I went over with a broom and I hit that pram as hard as I could to try and knock over, over these couple of bees. Well, little did I realize there wasn't just a couple of bees. Apparently, there was 30,000 bees that had descended upon our pram. And they were starting to work on making a hive inside the pram. And so as soon as I hit it, I obviously ran back inside like the great man that I am when I saw all of these bees buzzing around and I shut that door as quick as I could and I screamed like every man does for his wife. (laughs) Amy, we have a problem. And so we happen to know somebody that was a a beekeeper that loves to collect bees and has beehives and so we made a phone call to that person and, and they made their way around to our place to get rid of these bees. 
And uh, he arrives there and he's got his bee suit that uh, he gets out. And he says to me, hey, would you like to come with me and help me get these bees? And everything in my mind is going, no, 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 I will not. But came, the words out of my mouth came, yeah, I would love to. <laughs> I don't know why I said it, but with this fear and trepidation, I start suiting up. And as I'm suiting up with my bee suit, I think some of the pictures have been on screen, but as I'm, as I'm suiting up, he starts to talk to me about the amount of times he's been bitten by bees. And even when he's got the suit on, they can sometimes make their way up your pants. And he said, it's very, you've got to be very careful to make sure you've got the suit because I've had, I've had many times where the bees have gone up the bottom of my pants and bit me on the leg as I've been in there. And they just keep stinging and stinging and stinging. And, and then as we're, as we're getting ready and suiting up, he gets completely suited up. And then he realizes, oh, I forgot the second set of pants. And so he just goes, oh, you can just have the, the top bit, but just be careful that they don't go up your pants. And I'm like, thanks very much for that. And so he starts talking me through. Then he gives me the gloves. I get the gloves and we start going through. And he has this thing called a smoker where he tries to basically smoke them out, which gives them a whole bunch of relaxation and peace. It helps them, helps them think that they're in a bushfire, actually. That's what it's created to do, legit, which kind of calms them down. And so he's got me with this smoker starting to pour it all over the pram. But just as I'm doing that, I realize that the fingers of my uh, gloves that I've been given, there's three of the fingers that have no tops on them. And so I'm doing the best I can to curl up my fingers because my fingers are exposed. His gloves were perfectly fine. This is the biggest setup I've ever experienced. And so I'm starting to try and cover up so I'm not going to get bitten by these bees because they are going all over my body. And I'm smoking this thing up. And then what, what he says to me, and this is the point that I want to get to this morning, that... He, he finds the queen and amongst all of these bees and he starts to move that queen into this prepared man-made hive that he has and he puts, it, puts this queen on the inside and then what happens? Every single one of those 30,000 bees follows the queen. You don't have to get the other ones because the queen just guides them in. The scent, the smell of the queen, the influence of the queen makes a huge difference on the rest of the hive and they all just come flying in to protect their queen. And I guess what I wanted to say to you is over 2020 is we have a king that we serve that's leading us and I want to encourage you to be under the influence of him this year. Wherever he goes, wherever he leads this year, wherever you're following him, do it with such passion and enthusiasm to follow the king, to be behind whatever he's doing, to understand that he's influencing us. He's the one that's changing and transforming our lives. Wherever the king leads, follow him. Isaiah 40 verse 31 says this, But those who trust in the Lord will find new strength. They will soar high on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will wait and not faint. Listen to where the Holy Spirit is leading you this year and be obedient to that. See, it's not by might, not by power, but by his spirit that he moves and he works. And so God's influence on you this year, it means this. It means number one, it means making God's word your foundation. See, the Bible is like sunscreen. It needs to be applied. <laughs> you have to make the decision to be able to apply it to your life. 
You have to make the decision to make the Word of God a foundation. Make what God's speaking over your life a foundation that you live by. Make it, the, make it the most important thing that you do. Getting in His Word and allowing God to transform and to influence you. If God doesn't influence you, He's not going to influence through you. If you're not allowing Him to do the work in you, it's not going to bring a change on the outside of you. Making God's Word your foundation. The second thing is moments with God. Moments where you can pray, spend time in His presence, worship God. Moments where God transforms and changes, where He recharges you, where He sets you on fire, where He reminds you again of the purpose that He's given you. Those moments with God cannot be orchestrated and created by man. What God does in those moments are not just mundane, normal moments. They're moments that bring transformation. And I want to encourage you to get alone with God. Have those moments with God. Communication is so important. You know, over this last week, Cooper started kindergarten. And uh, I took him to kindergarten uh, a few days in for the first time by myself. And I thought it would just be one of those kiss and drop moments. And uh, it was so much more than that. It, uh, it was so much more harder than what I expected it to be. Because I arrived there and the kids, they get this lanyard that they, they, they put on. And there's a list of like six or seven things that they have to do before they find their way to their seat. And so Cooper is such an ordered little kid. He's one of those kids that just loves routine, loves structure, loves to go through his lists. And so he starts working his way through the list. He gets down to number three, number four, number five. And he starts to get to the last part of his list. And it's things like take your lunchbox. I'm trying to work out where we've got to put it in this little tray over here. I'm trying to make my way around the room and work things out. And it's, it's quite complicated. And then he finally gets to this point where he needs this thing called a pocket. And I'm like, I'm thinking in the back of my head, I don't have a pocket. I didn't bring a pocket. I don't know what this pocket is. And I'm looking through his bag desperately and I'm realizing the pocket's not there. It's not in the front of the bag. It's not in the back of the bag. It's nowhere. Cooper's starting to get stressed because he's ticked his list. He's a tick, 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 tick. Now he's, this, he's got one more to tick. And so he just needs to tick this one off. And so he's getting stressed. He's getting worked up. The tears are starting to build up. There's no pocket. Dad has failed me. There's no pocket. And so I'm texting Amy. I'm like, where is the pocket? What is the pocket? Where do I get the pocket from? And she's like, oh, the pocket's in my car. And I'm like, well, your car's half an hour away and I'm here right now facing a kid that's having a meltdown because he doesn't have his pocket. And so we're trying to work it all out and I'm going up to the teacher and saying, hey, we don't have, a, we don't have this, this pocket that we're meant to be in. And so she goes, let me explain to you what a pocket is for. And so she starts explaining to me what the pocket is. I've already failed kindergarten as a parent. And she starts telling me what the pocket is and the priority of the pocket. And I'm like, I don't have the pocket. And so I explain it to her. She's like, it's all right, we don't have the pocket. Now, what the pocket is for... The pocket is for communication between the teacher and the parents. So the notes that are needed, they go into the pocket so that they go home, which is basically a glorified pencil case, mind you. Why don't they just say that? And they have all these confusing words. And so I, I finally work it all out and I work out what's happened. What has happened here is there is a breakdown in communication because the pocket is what communicates the teacher to the parent. And that can happen in our lives all the time, where we are focusing on all the other things, ticking them all off the list, but we can forget that communication with God is what is most important. Our connection with God is the priority. Moments with God. The third thing is this moment, moving in step with the Spirit of God. Do you know the church of Jesus Christ was waiting? It was 
a morning church just waiting before the Holy Spirit came. And when the Holy Spirit came, it changed the whole dynamic of the church. They were all in the upper room just waiting. What is next? They were all in the upper room mourning the death of Jesus Christ. They were all in the upper room wondering what was next, knowing that they wanted to form the church, but they had to wait for the Holy Spirit. And when the Holy Spirit came, He changed everything. And I wonder in our lives whether, whether, whether we're moving in step with the Holy Spirit or whether we're just running ahead and doing our own thing. But there's so much power in waiting for what God has called you to do. Let's not be so busy trying to make miracles happen that we forget to go to the miracle maker. Uh, Bill Gates, he said this, busy is the new stupid. And isn't that true? We can be running around so busy with our faith that we can forget what it's all about. Some, sometimes we can find ourselves with a ceremonial faith instead of a personal faith. Where we have all the things working on the outside, but it's what is on the inside that matters. What is the Holy Spirit doing in your life? In those moments, God can change someone. In those moments, God can bring transformation. And when we move with the Holy Spirit, we saw, we saw Simon, who was the reed, turn into Peter, the rock. And then after that moment where he was in the upper room and the Holy Spirit came, we see him, this man that was fearful and afraid. He walks out and he speaks to 3,000 people and they get saved. Something had changed under the influence of the Holy Spirit. Perhaps you've known someone that's been under the influence before of alcohol, drugs. There is a change in their behavior. And it's the same when it comes to us spending time with the Holy Spirit. There is a change in our behavior. God does the transformation on the inside of our lives. Secondly, this morning, God's influence through us. It says in Isaiah 60 verse 1, the spirit of the sovereign Lord is on me because the Lord has anointed me to. There is a because to your life. He's not only anointed you, the spirit of the Lord is not only on you, but he has given you a because. Every life has because. You have a reason to get up in the morning and to bring change and impact to others. You are called to be an influencer. That's not just for the special people. That's not just for the people that have a certain personality or have a certain gifting. Influence is the call on every person's life. Influence. Ephesians 2 verse 10, I've already spoken about this, for we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works which God prepared in advance for us to do. And one of the things I'm excited about this year when we talk about influence and expanding our influence is in our incredible kids program with uh, Anthony and the, the team that are down there, they have worked really hard on creating and unfolding this year a program. And I want to read it to you because this is how they sent it to me. They said this, At Kids Church this year, Jillian Hussain has joined the team as they develop a program for children with additional needs. This program is to start off with a run out of the Lions Room and will provide support for children in preschool, kindy and year one who may find a classroom environment difficult. Anthony and Gillian have started working with a small number of families with children who require additional support and find it difficult to settle in at kids. If you want to speak to Anthony and Gillian, you can find out more details about this additional support program for your children. 
And I just think, what an incredible opportunity for us to be able to see influence in that way. And I just, come on, give them a huge hand. What an amazing team. They're expanding in that way so that more and more people can be influenced. More and more people can experience the gospel. Matthew 5 verse 14 says this, You are the light of the world. Light brings influence. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor does anyone light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand. And it gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light shine before men in such a way that they may see your good works and glorify your Father who is in heaven. That's what we are called to do. See, influence in our lives, it looks, uh, uh, influence through our lives, it's meaningful. When you think about the impact that Jesus had on the disciples when they were recalling the life of Jesus and they were looking back, there was a meaningful element to it. It had brought change and transformation. And what I'm believing for this, this year for you is that the influence through you will be meaningful in the lives of the people that are around you, that it will be measurable that people will be able to see, that you will be able to note in 2020 the measurable impact and influence that your life has had as the Holy Spirit is not just on you, but is working through you to those that are around you. And that the influence would be memorable. That we would be able to look back at the end of the year and say, look what God has done. Look what He's done in people's lives. Look what He's done in my life. This has been a standout year. God's called you to be an influencer. We all know perhaps social media influencers that are paid advertisements, people that are paid to influence on social media. And there's such a fake element to being a social media influencer. You've got to try and find the right picture in the right conditions. It's usually a fake environment to try and sell a particular product. And the real life version looks nothing like the social media version. But there's a rise of it in our world today where more and more people are getting paid for likes and for sponsorship and for being able to do these sponsored ads because of the influence that it has. But what that really is, is not so much influence as it is an advertisement. And I guess what I'm believing for our lives this year, that we wouldn't just be an advertisement. Oh, that's nice. And off to the next thing. But there would be real tangible influence in people's lives. Not just an ad that someone sees today and doesn't think about it tomorrow, but something that people could not get out of their minds. There is something different about that person. There is something on their lives. It's almost like they understand the meaning of life. They know why they're here, why they're created, why they're put on earth. They have something different about their life. I can't put my finger on it, but I want to know more. That kind of influence, that kind of impact on the lives of people that are around us. See, when you're healthy on the inside, it shows on the outside. Just like our rendering is taking place on the outside and over these next few weeks, there's more rendering and there's painting to be done, door frames and all those things that are are taking place over these next few weeks. Thank God for the rain. We'll take a pause and a praise break for the rain. There's so much to get done, but it's only a reflection of the health of the church on the inside. Financially, the church is healthy and strong. The people are strong and therefore there is a resource to be able to do these things. The same with anybody that is healthy. There is a health that is exposed on the outside. When you see a sick person that perhaps is losing their hair or 
or is white or is unwell. It's pointing to not being healthy on the inside. And what I'm believing for you this year is that your influence would come from a healthy place on the inside. That what the Holy Spirit has done in you is throwing, is flowing through you towards other people. So what is the word? The Spirit of the Lord is on me because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom to the captives and release from darkness for the prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. God's influence is on you and God's influence is working through you. You are anointed for assignment in 2020. Come on, would you stand with me this morning? I want to pray over every person. I want to pray for God's influence in every way, in every dimension over your life. If you're in this morning, why don't you lift up your hands all over this place as a sign of saying, God, I want this over my life. Holy Spirit, we want you to move in us. Let me pray this morning. Holy Spirit, we thank you, Lord God, as we set the sails for this new year. We thank you, Holy Spirit, for this word influence. This word out of Isaiah 61 that you want to display your splendor through our lives. That the Spirit of the Lord is on us because He has anointed us. And that our lives are called to have influence. And Holy Spirit, this morning we ask for your influence on us. Change us, transform us, revive us, renew us this year. Let the rain of the Holy Spirit pour on us. Let the winds of the Holy Spirit do His work in us, Lord, I pray. And let it flow through us, Lord. Let there be a, a beauty to our lives, Lord Jesus. Just like a sailing boat on the harbour that's cruising out into the high seas. Lord, I pray that we would see the winds of the Holy Spirit propelling every life, every family forward, this church forward. Let there be a beauty about the influence of the Holy Spirit's breath in our lives. We ask you, Lord Jesus, to mark this year. Make it a year of influence corporately and a year of influence personally. We pray, we declare this word over our lives in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. You know, I want to start this new year and this new vision with making sure our hearts are right with Jesus. We talked about the fact that you only come look healthy on the outside when there is a health on the inside spiritually. And so I want to pray the sinner's prayer this morning. And perhaps you've prayed this many times, or maybe this is your first time. But this is the starting point of vision. This is the starting point of stepping into all that God has for you, because it all starts with Jesus. It all starts with giving Him the glory and the acknowledgement for our lives. And so I want to pray this prayer this morning. The Bible says so clearly, if you confess with your mouth, believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord, you shall be saved. And so come on, church, together, let's pray this prayer out. Dear Lord Jesus, Today, I give you my life. Thank you for loving me. For my sins, I'm sorry. I receive your forgiveness. I receive your grace. Help me to live each day for you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. We thank you, Lord Jesus, for every life. I pray that this year would be a year where our spiritual life 
would flourish in every dimension because our eyes and our focus would be upon you, Jesus. Let your influence on us and through us make the difference in 2020. In Jesus' mighty name, amen, amen. Come on, I reckon we should sing that new song again this morning. Let's declare it over our lives as we sing it this morning. Let's speak into our future. Let's prophesy into our future this morning. This Isaiah 61, God's influence on us and through us in Jesus' name.